Praise the Lord. For those who don't know me, my name is Pastor Raymond Ramos. Amen. Um, I love you guys very much. I want to thank the Lord Jesus Christ for my salvation. Praise God. Um, I'm in awe. I, I say it again and again and again and again. I'm in awe that he went and looked down upon me with mercy in his eyes when I was his enemy. Amen. I wanted nothing to do with Jesus Christ. His love and his grace came in like a flood. And he swept me off my feet. Hallelujah. So I'm grateful for my salvation. I want to thank Pastor Edwin, leadership here, for allowing me the, the privilege and the honor to be behind this desk, this holy desk, this podium, amen, to preach from this, uh, uh, this office right here. And um, first time guest, would, would you just wave at me if you're a first time guest? Welcome, sister. Welcome, brother. Welcome. Welcome. Amen. Welcome. Welcome. God bless you. Welcome. Hallelujah. Welcome to the Recovery House of Worship in Brooklyn. Amen. Um, I'm going to be speaking on a series that I started a, a little while ago called Discipleship. And um, we explained that um, there could be a very significant difference, could be a very significant difference between a Christian and a disciple. Um, we said, I'm going to run through this real quick. We said many people can call themselves a Christian. And many people do. Right. And one of the things that I tell my friends, I, I happen to be uh, in the recovery process, um, that just because I call myself a Jewish princess doesn't make me one. Amen. Right? <laughs> I can say I'm a Jewish princess all I want. My friend Mayor would say, you, you, you really lost it this time, Raymond. <laughs> you know? And so we, we want to differentiate between a nominal Christian, a so-called Christian, and someone who's fully committed to Jesus Christ. Fully committed. Not fully perfect. Not fully there. Not fully grown. But fully committed, fully devoted to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And um, so anyone can say they're Christian. Uh, Anyone know how many times the word uh, Christian is in the Bible? Three times. Three times. Three times. You might find, depending on your translation. Anyone know how many times the word disciple is found in the Bible? Over 250 times. You think that's a, you, you think that's a, you know, does that mean anything to you? Three times, 269 times. Right? There must be something there. And, and I said briefly, if you want a difference between a, a Christian and a disciple, what I said is there's a difference between a Big Mac from McDonald's and a filet mignon from Peter Lugas. Right? I don't know if you know. All right. How about this? Okay, you're not with me. Okay. I don't like steak neither. I understand. How, how about this? There's a difference between a girlfriend and a wife. Amen. All right? How, I, I, let me bring it down. Forget, forget Peter Lugas. How about there's a difference between Chinese white rice and Viejo Yayo's white rice, <laughs> right? There's, there's a difference. There's a difference in substance. There's a difference in maturity. There's a difference in, 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 in a level of commitment. There's a difference. And so we want to help you understand that, that here at the Recovery House Church in Brooklyn, we want you to make a decision, an informed decision, to be fully devoted followers a disciple of Jesus Christ. A disciple. Now, here's the bad news. Not anyone can be a disciple. I, I went to a place once and they said, you're a member 
when you say you are. I like that. I like that. You're a member when you say you are. But in this case, unfortunately, the truth, I won't say the truth. The truth is that you're not a member when you say you are. The truth is that, that Jesus has conditions and he has qualifications. Right? And, and check it out. Check it out. Check it out. There's a cost to discipleship. See, salvation is free for you. It costs him everything. Salvation is free, but discipleship, you must be willing to devote your life and lay your life down on the line for. And so, so when it comes to heaven and salvation, he wants heaven to be full and hell to be empty. When it comes to discipleship, he wants only the committed. Only the committed. And so um, there's conditions. And let me just give you one real quick. He says, if anyone wants to follow me, right, anyone wants to follow me, he must uh, deny himself. Deny himself. Right there, we lost half the room in some places. Not here, I'm just saying in some other, deny himself. One of our biggest problems many times is that we don't know how to say no to ourselves. We've been saying yes to ourselves so long that we've made our lives pretty bad. So the first condition says you got to deny yourself. You got you got to be a man enough. You got to grow up enough. You got to get some spiritual muscle where you can say no to yourself. Because saying yes to yourself has caused everybody around you a great amount of pain and suffering. So if you want to be my disciple, you guys want to say no to yourself. You got to deny yourself. No more instant gratification. And if it's so instant, why is it gone in an instant? All right. And so, so he says, you got to deny yourself. And then, and then he says, you got to pick up your cross. You got to pick up. Our symbol is a cross. You got to pick up your cross. And the cross is where you got to crucify your desires, your obsessions, your infatuations, the passions of the flesh. You got to crucify the things that, that many times our heart longs for deep in our heart. How many of the Bible says above all, the heart is deceitful. So you got to pick up a cross where, where you're going to pick up your cross and you're going to crucify your desire. That your will is going to be crucified to the cross. You know, the biggest problem in many relationships is somebody's will. I, I know, not here, but in New Jersey, the church in New Jersey, Pastor. I know you guys, the church in New Jersey. You know, you know what a lot of married couples need many times? You know what a lot of husbands need? They need three nails and a cross and, and, and a hammer. Because they need to crucify their self-centeredness to the cross. And so, so he says, you got to pick up your cross. Well, you're going to listen. The cross means you're going to die daily. You're going to die daily. Every day you're going to have thoughts, ideas, obsessions, fantasies. You know, if you're like my sponsor says, a great idea. You're going to have a great idea. You got to crucify that to the cross. So I mean, that our greatest ideas have been a, 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 a big source of our greatest pain. And so you, got, so you need to cross, deny yourself, you know, pick up your cross and follow me. Follow me. And, and so... And check it out. He chose you, man. If you're here today, the first time gets you. It's not an accident. I don't know. I know in some of our churches, the wives will not cook for the husbands if they don't come to church. So if you want to eat, you better come to church. Right? And some of our churches, you know, it's like that. So I don't know why you're here, how you ended up here. Somebody bribed you. Somebody said, you know, this guy who spits and yells and sweats all the way. He speaks. I don't know why you're here. But I want to let you know, let me make it clear. You're here because Jesus Christ wants a personal relationship with you. That's why you're here. 
and, 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 be, and you were chosen before the foundations of the earth. While you was in your mother's womb, he was forming you. Your parents, the situation you came from, your nationality, everything, it was God's part of God's divine plan for your life. You might not like it, it might have been painful, you might have bled, cried, and suffered, but God's going to turn it all for his glory and honor's sake. So, so you're chosen. You're chosen by God. And so he wants you now to understand that he's, he wants you to be a disciple. And, and, and the Great Commission, we had some uh, situations with my beautiful creativity today, right? I don't have no beautiful creativity, praise the Lord, so it wasn't too much of a problem for them. But the Great Commission is to go make disciples. That's Pastor Edwin and Alicia. Their job is to go make disciples. It's not enough to lead someone to the Lord. It's not, someone, it's not enough to just feed them. It's not enough just to clothe them. It's not, it, we got to make disciples. So I heard somewhere that if you give a man a piece of fish, he'll eat for the day. But if you teach a man how to fish, he'll eat for the rest of his life. We got to make disciples. We got to make disciples. And so a disciple is a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. Fully devoted. Okay, so now the D, so we talked about the conditions, the cost, and, uh, and, now we, and then we start talking about the character of Jesus, uh, of disciples, and, and I'm not going to get too much into that, but a lot of people, you know, that they, they have this particular character about them. Some people are boisterous and loud, some people are extra humble, some people are givers, some people want to be heard and they want their name to be on the, you know, they want everybody to know what they're doing, some people don't want, there's characters, right, characteristics, and so what happens is the D in the characteristic of a disciple is disciple. Are disciplined ones. You can't succeed very far in life if you don't learn discipline. You can't get a degree without discipline. You can't get a promotion without discipline. You need discipline. And we talked about discipline is a fruit of the Spirit. It's not, it's not really self control, it's God's control. Right? Where you let go and you really let God. And then we said that the, 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 so the D was for discipline and the I was for integrity. And many people, and we said, many people, uh, they're, they're like, the enemy can come in like a flood anytime he wants and do what he wants with your children and your wife and with your mind and with your heart and give you anxiety and give you depression and give you this and give you that and make you lustful and make you angry. The reason why is because we lack integrity. And integrity is our security. Integrity is our protection. And, and so we talked about that. And so, and now the S for in disciple is for servanthood. Servanthood. Disciples of Jesus Christ are servants. Jesus Christ is the greatest servant who ever walked the earth. There's a, there's a scripture, I don't know if you know the scripture, and, and I know they usually get up and read the scriptures, but today you can listen to me, read them to you, all right? You should take a note or, or get the CD or listen to it on a, on, a, on a podcast. But Jesus says this, and it's very important that you understand what Jesus is talking about. Mark 10, 45, for even the Son of Man, which is Jesus Christ, did not come to be served. But to serve. He, he did not come to be served. He came to serve and to give his life as a ransom. That's it in Mark 10, 45. Now, now check it out. This is the recovery house worship. Most of you understand that you, many times in our lives, we want to be first. Amen. Right? When, when, I'm, when, when I'm going to the movie, I want to be first. When I'm going to the basket, I want to be first. When I, when I was doing my ding, when I was, you know, caught up in the, you know what I'm talking about. Some of you guys, I want to be first. When we got, I'm, I'm going first. Right? Some of you guys got me weird. You like, don't you want to be first to stop? You in church, man. All right? Looking at me all crazy for. This is a recovery house of worship. You can't stunt here. All right. All right. So, so Jesus says this. If you still want to be first, I can hook you up. He says, whoever wants to be first, right? And, and, and Mark 9.35, sitting down, Jesus said, called the 12. If anyone wants to be first, anybody wants to be first? Come on, don't lie. You're in church. You want to be first? 
Here's what he says. If anyone wants to be first, he must be the very last. And check it out. The servant of all. The servant of all. So he says, if you want to be first, he says, you got to check it out. Be very last. And you got to be the servant of all. 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 So we're looking for disciples that just don't serve the people they like. That just don't serve the people who give money to the church. Don't just don't serve the people who give you a ride to a meeting. Just don't serve. We're looking for people that understand that you're called to serve all. Amen. The dirty, filthy, unlovable, right, obnoxious. My girl out there every now and then, she curses me out. Right? She got some beautiful words to tell me every now and then. You know, my sister Shelly. You know? She's, she's one of our EGRs. One of, not the only one. And EGR is extra grace required. All right? <laughs> In every group, there's an EGR. This one needs extra grace. Just, I know, you know. So, so, but every now and then she comes, she got you curses at me and throws stuff at me, and, and I got to serve her. I want to be first. So I got to serve her. Amen. Are you hearing me? Amen. And so, so if you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, you understand that he called you and he died on the cross for you and he's made a way for you and it wasn't that you was lucky, it wasn't that you was quick or slick, it's that his grace entered your life, he made a way when there was no way and today he wants to reveal to you he has a plan and a purpose for your life. And so he wants you to serve. That's it. Check it out. I remember did a sermon once. Joanne. Joanne came to Glasses bap- baptism. Blah, blah, and then she got served. Right? And, and, and Esther got served. And, and, and Richie got served. And David got served. And if you know what I'm talking about, you know, somebody served you. Somebody shared the gospel. Somebody went to sushi with you. Somebody after the meeting took you for a walk. Somebody gave you. You got served. And if I can, if I, I'm upright, you know, you got served. You know what I mean? <laughs> You got served. <laughs> Edwin can't do that, but you know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, so because you got served, something happened inside of you where you began to maybe wonder and inquire, this guy's serving me, and this guy's loving me, and this guy's being cool with me, and maybe there's something to this Jesus thing. Amen. And so because you got served, now I got served, I remember Edwin's friend bringing him to church, and I remember so many people serving me, and you know, a lot of us, man, even in recovery, man, we would have no meetings in some places if it wasn't for churches, right? And so, but you got to serve, you got to serve. And let me just tell you two quick enemies of service. The first one is self-obsession, self-centeredness. And I don't understand why we should understand that, listen, when we serve ourselves, when we live for ourselves, when it's all about me, what I can get out of this, what are you going to do for me? When it's me, 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 we suffer. It doesn't work. And so we want to be able to say, listen, living for yourself has never worked anyway. It doesn't work. So, so we want you to understand that serving Jesus, right, when you serve, now you got a purpose. God, God, God is doing something wonderful here in Brooklyn, in New Jersey, in Staten Island, in California. God's doing something wonderful, and he's invited you to get down with the cause. He wants to be a part of, and listen, every member should be involved in ministry. Amen. Every member. We got no bench warmers here. Every member. If this is your church, then you should, listen, when's the class to find out my gift mix? When's the membership class? When is the class? I want to get involved. And check it out. When I go to church, I remember I was, I was in a church. I said, I don't know how to, I didn't know how the system, I just became, I made a, I made a position for myself. 
I just, I'm the unofficial greeter. How you doing, brother? How you doing, brother? How you doing, sister? How you doing, brother? How you welcome? And people say, well, who is this guy? Who is he? Did anybody, did anybody give him permission to hug? How you doing? Welcome. How you doing? What's going on? In my home group, when I moved to New Jersey last year, I can't make, you know, I'm, I'm traveling all over the world, right? I, I'm, I made myself the unofficial cookie person. I just buy good cookies that not two for dollars. I bring six dollar cookies, right? And I bring, and I'm the unofficial cookie person. And I'm just, I'm here to serve. Does somebody need a ride to a meeting? Can I bring it? This morning, I picked up my man Angel. I'm not, not what I used to do. I'm still serving. It's about serving. And so we all got to find how can you serve? How can God use you? God wants to use you. Think about this, right? Think, Think about how you came to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Just for me, it was 100 people. But that was the one last person who did it, right? They took their time to serve me, and because of their effort, because of their time, because they nagged me, because they bothered me, I'm going to heaven now, right? I'm going to heaven now. Not because I'm good, not because I'm perfect, not because I don't sin, because I sin, I'm not good, and I'm not perfect, right? But because I, I got a free gift of, that Jesus Christ gave for me. He shed his blood. He washed away my sins, right? And so now here's my question. Who are you going to serve, and who's going to go to heaven because of you? Because you can serve and you can, you can impact somebody's eternity. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. I got a couple more minutes. So we, we got to serve. I, I'll give you one more scripture. Philippians 2, 5, and 8. You don't got it over there. Okay. Philippians 2, 5, and 8. Have this attitude in yourselves, he says, which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made like the likeness of man. Now, what that means is that a big problem for many people is pride. He was the king of kings and the lord of lords, and he didn't count it like I'm this or I'm that. He didn't care about his position. He cared about his people. Amen. You understand? And if you're going to be a good servant, a good servant leader, you got to love your people more than you love your position. Amen. It's very important to understand this. You gotta love your people. Jesus loved his people more than his position, and he came from glory to demonstrate it. Come on. And we need, we need, we need that ministry is about people. I remember once I moved to, I don't know if George is here. Me, George got me, helped me get an apartment on 45th Street, and I moved to Sunset Park, and we was doing all these meetings here about the building, about the building, about the building, about the merger. And what happened was that in a meeting on Monday, meeting on Tuesday, meeting, 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 and we was just called transition meetings. And I remember I left my house once, and I, when I walked out the door, there was this lady, a homeless woman, and she reeked, she reeked of urine. And, and so what happened was I, I opened the door and the, the smell hit me and I walked over her because I had a meeting to go to. I was doing, and I was in the car and I said, wait a minute, man. Amen. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's going on? Is, this ministry is not about meetings. It's, not, it's about people. You just, you just walked. You just stepped over your ministry, my man. It's about people. And too many times we can get caught up with this and that. It's about meeting people where they're at. That these hands are hands that Jesus can serve with. That these ears are ears that Jesus can listen with. That this heart is a heart that Jesus can love with. That's what a disciple is. And so he he didn't find any quasi. He left his position. Don't let pride rob you of God's blessings. People think, you know, for me, the greatest times in my life was when I served. 
When I was in, I was I was preaching in, in, in London, when I'm when I'm serving over here, when 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 I you know when I showed up in the house and the kids were hungry, having it in days, and we brought them food, and when we serve, man, when when I see a homeless guy that somebody bought a cup of coffee for and fed them, well now they're working in a union, man. When we serve, having listen, success is not as wonderful as significance. Significance, being a game changer. Being somebody that's impacted somebody's life, that because they met you, they met Jesus Christ. So we got to serve. So I want everybody here, you serve. There's something for you to do here. If you can sing, sing. I can't sing, they don't let me sing. It's cool. Let God deal with them. You know what I'm saying? Sam is in big trouble with God. I'm one of God. Anyway, so check it out. So if you can sing, sing. Man, if you got my son Ryan, he, he knows all the homeless people in Greenpoint's names. He knows their stories. I'd be like, yo, how do you know that? Like, what do you know? Oh, well, I was talking to them. I said, you were talking to that guy? You know, hey. so he has his heart for, for mercy and homeless people and beat up. So if that's you, man, there's people out there waiting for you to get on your horse. Man, maybe you maybe you did 10 years in prison or 15 years in prison or whatever. Man, there's people in prison waiting here that you can break the eyes of Biden, the eyes of bar, eyes, bars of iron, all right, in Jesus' name. When every time I fumble to my words, Louise is twittering, twittering my mistakes. She's like, all right. So, but Jesus can break the, the eyes of bar, bars of iron, praise the Lord. In Jesus. So maybe you got to go testify in prison. Or maybe, man, you, you know what it's to eat at a soup kitchen. Right? And, and think about servanthood. Right? You, ever, you ever served, some, somebody ever served you, like, and you knew they didn't want to serve you? Like, you go to a waitress, she goes, yeah, how you doing? How can I help you? What do you want? Right? I'm like, whoa, whoa, I'm a good tipper. I don't know if you heard. <laughs> Slow your roll, lady. You know what I mean? But you ever, you ever, or you go to the DMV, or you go, and you can tell, like, Next! Do you got this? You got that? You got that? I can't help you. You know, you ever send someone like, yo, like, they, they said that in one, in one company, if you ask somebody, because I don't want to promote, if you ask somebody, hey, do you know where the toothpaste is? Toothpaste is? They say, yeah, it's an aisle five. But another company, they say, hey, you know what toothpaste is? They say, yeah, let me show you. Come follow me. Amen. Right? I like the one that shows me. Amen. Right? So, so you ever, you ever, the same way you can know when somebody doesn't want to serve you, you can tell when somebody got a servant's heart. How you doing? I'm glad you're here. Man, I'm so glad you made it to this class. Man, we were just waiting for you. How you doing? And you can tell when someone has a generous, listen, a, a sincere interest in you. Right. Where they really care. Where they're glad you came. Man, our first time guests, we got a gift for you. We, we don't got $100, but we got a gift. We're glad you came. Amen. We understand that you're a gift from God. Amen. And we want you to come back. And that's why I'm sweating like bullets. Not because I'm fat. <laughs> Only one preacher here, Bobby, right now, okay? All right. I'm sweating. I want you to come back. God has something for you, and we want to serve you. Amen? Amen? Okay, so now this, that's the C, the S is for servanthood. So you got discipline, integrity, servanthood, D-I-S, and the C is for commitment. Amen. And I don't understand why, why, I don't understand. People make a commitment one moment, and next moment, they act like they didn't make a commitment. Like, like, for instance, if you, if you invite me to your wedding, right, if you, and I got to drive and I got to put on a suit and all that crazy stuff, and you invite me to your wedding, and you say you do, you better do, man. <laughs> Don't invite me to your wedding, I got to wear a suit. I hate wearing suits. 
I have found, you know, agony. And then you say, oh, and you're crying. I do, I want to, I do, right? And then when time comes, you don't. <laughs> when it's time to do, you're running. Yeah. We, we need people that, if you say you do, my man, you made a commitment. Yeah. Honor your commitment. Yeah. You know what a commitment is? It, it's a promise. It's a guarantee. When you make a commitment, you say, I'm going to be here Sunday, every Sunday, I'm going to a membership, I'm going to be, when you made a, I'm believing, you made a pledge, you made a promise, you guarantee. Now we live in an uncommitted generation. We need committed men and women, understand, listen, especially us. You know, we come out to worship, man, God has been so good to us. God, God has been so gracious with us. And so we just want, not out of religion, not out of duty, not because he's been so good, because he loved us so much. I just want to give you everything I got. I, man, he's been so good. I was a dirty, filthy drug addict waiting to die. And he made a way. I, 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 would, I would hear the devil mock me and laugh. I would see the devil torture my mother and my addiction. And God made a way for us. He is worthy to be praised. And I'm not talking about a song. I'm talking about live a life that's, that's, that's worthy of God. Live in a way that builds his reputation, not yours. That when people see you, they know he's real. But we need to be committed. And here's the problem, that we have uncommitted men and women. And listen, now here's the thing. You, we get it twisted. I don't, listen, Mayor's my friend. Mayor, I'm sorry to blow you up. I don't want Mayor to be committed to me. Such, so, uh, I want to be committed to Jesus. Right? I, I, don't want, I don't want my wife, in essence, to be committed to me in this wedding. I want her to be committed to Jesus. Amen. You understand? If someone's committed to Jesus, he doesn't waver. He's a promise keeper. Amen. And because they're committed to Jesus, I don't got to worry about them being committed to me. Amen. You know what I'm saying to you? So, so the commitment is not to the recovery. Now, we, we, you know, we built this ministry, and we're grateful God allowed us to be a part. And this ministry, it wasn't for this ministry. A lot of people would not have been reached. Come on. We went places where other people stopped going. Amen. That's right. Huh? Amen. No, let me say again. We continue to go to places where other people, they got too religious, they got too saved, they got too delivered, and they don't need that stuff no more. Amen. But we go back in where the people are hurting, where the people are messed up, and we go in and we let them know that there's a God that's able to do far greater than anything you can imagine. And so we're grateful, but we don't want to be committed to the church. The church is full of twisted people. Right? There are no perfect churches here. If you're looking for a perfect church, God bless you. And God forbid you find one, you would ruin it. All right, but, but we want you to be committed to the person of Jesus Christ. Check it out. Commitment, I got 10 minutes, right, PG? I got, commitment is to a person, first and foremost. It's a commitment to a person. Who's that person? Jesus the Christ, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. He, not, Pastor Edwin is wonderful. Pastor Gus is wonderful. None of them died on the cross for you. Amen. Only Jesus. This church, people from all over the world come here, say, I love that church. I wish I had that church where I come from. People, it's hard not to like this church. Look at Sam on the guitar. He got a hat. He's doing his thing. They, you know, all these people hanging out. We love you. We hug you. Welcome. You know, it's hard not to like this church. Now, the enemy would tell you, oh, no. You know, you can't listen to the enemy. He's a, he's a father of lies. But we don't want you to be committed. We want you to be committed to Jesus. Right? So it's a person. So if the pastor, right now, my sister was in the hospital for two days. I haven't been able to go see her. 
My sister. So can you imagine how many people I can't go see when they end up? Now, if your commitment is just to, to a person, when that person doesn't meet your expectations, guess what happens to your commitment? So if you're committed to a person, he don't shake your hand, he don't mention you, they don't put your name in the bulletin, they'll let you do a solo. Right? You laugh. How many have gone because they, oh, this is, all right, so, so it's to a person of Jesus Christ. A commitment to a person. Then, check it out, it's a commitment to a process. So especially, I can't believe, you know, people in recovery, I know not everybody's in recovery, but you're in recovery, but you don't know you're in recovery, but just check it out, it's just another sermon, all right? Because people in recovery who go to meetings, they want God to zap them. They don't want to write a fourth step. They don't want to get a sponsor. They don't want to do that. They want God to do everything and them do nothing. Amen. It's a commitment to a process. Amen. A process of sanctification. Amen. Right, listen, the process is not perfect from A to B to C. To, it's, sometimes you're going to cry in this process. Amen. Check it out. Sometimes nobody's going to visit you in this process. Sometimes you're going to be alone. There's times in this process where you don't even feel God. But it's a process, it's a, and you've got to be committed to the process. And some of us, we've gone too far in the process to turn back now, and we're too far, we haven't gone through, and you've got to stick and stay. You've got to fight your way through, because it's a process. And listen, in the process, sometimes you lose a round. Sometimes you do things, you'll be like, I can't believe I did it. Sometimes, you know, sometimes our heart deceives us and we go astray. We got to stay committed to the person of Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Yes. So it's a commitment to a person. It's a commitment to a process. It's a commitment to a purpose. Now, now this is, what's the purpose? Listen, the purpose is to glorify God. Amen. Now, if you, got, if you get this, man, you sound, what well, 80% of this world doesn't know. You're, the reason why you was born the reason why you didn't die of an overdose, the reason why you didn't kill yourself, the reason why you made it out of depression, the reason why you got out of prison, the reason why you're here is to glorify God. Your purpose is to glorify God in your marriage, and that's to love and be loved and get your needs met. It's to glorify God with your children. It's to glorify God at your job. It's to glorify God when you're in the train. To, it's to glorify your purpose. is to glorify God, and if you understand this purpose. You can live a life of fulfillment. Amen. That's right. Come on. You can live a life that matters. Someone said everybody got to die, but not everybody lives. Amen. We got a purpose, beloved, to bring glory and honor to Jesus Christ. So as I said many times, if you can learn to say no to yourself and say yes to Jesus and serve and don't let up. You know, some people, it gets rough. It gets, it gets ugly. It gets hard. You know, think about this, right? So many people want the rewards of all this hard work, and they don't want to do no labor. Amen. You know, how many people, I've said this before, but think about the question, right? For those who are informed and understand what I'm saying, think about the question. How many people really want to be like Jesus? Raise your hand if you really want to be like Jesus, right? Okay. In order for you to really be like Jesus, you have to go through the same things he went through. Amen. So, so that means that you must get someone to betray you and hurt your feelings and kiss you while they're doing it. Raise your hand if you still want to be like Jesus. Right? 
You, so you want to be like, you know, it's like recovery. People, they see people out there and they're doing good and people see the glory, but they don't know the story. They don't know what, I, you know, what we've been through. Man, there have been many shootouts. And, and, and when the smoke cleared, you got to stay standing. After you've done all that you can do, you got to stand. And so we need committed people that are committed to Jesus Christ, committed to the process of sanctification, and committed to the purpose of glorifying him. Are you with me? I want to read to you a poem that I, I, I love, this poem. And uh, it gets me all riled up. And uh, I'm going to try to read it slow and not all crazy. But it's called the commitment poem. I don't know what it's called. I call it the commitment poem. And here's what it says. I am a member of the, of the fellowship of the unashamed. Amen. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I am a disciple of his. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. My future is secure. I'm finished and done with low living, sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tamed visions, mundane talking, cheap living, and dwarf goals. I no longer need permanence, prosperity, position, promotion, plaudits, or popularity. I don't have to be right, first, tops, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by faith, lean on his presence, walk by patience, lift by prayer, and labor by power. My face is set, my gate is fast, my goal is heaven, my road is narrow, my way is rough, my companions are few, my guide reliable, my mission is clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of the adversary, negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity, or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, shut up, or let up until I have stayed up, stored up, and prayed up, paid up, and preached up for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I must go till he comes, give till I drop, preach till I know, and work till he stops. And when he comes for his own, he will have no problem recognizing. My scars will be many and my banner will be clear. I am committed to the cause of Jesus Christ. Amen. Give the Lord a clap off him right where you are. I want everybody to close their eyes right where you are. Close your eyes right where you are. The first step to this commitment is understanding that you are so loved. All eyes closed, all heads bowed. You are so, you're not loved, you're so loved. For God so loved the world. You are so loved, beloved. And the first step here is that if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, if you've never invited him into your heart to take control Today is the day for you to say yes to him. He's knocking on your door. Just let him in. Taste and see that he's good. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. So the first group of people I want to speak to today are people who have never said that prayer or those who said it a long time ago and it's time for you to come home now. You know he has a plan for your life. You know he loves you. It's just time to surrender. God is knocking on your door. He's saying, come home. If that's you, and you say, Pastor Raymond, I want to surrender my life to Jesus Christ, I want you to just raise your hand right where you are. I want to pray for you. God bless you, brother. God bless you, sister. God bless you, sister. God bless you, brother. God bless you. Hands up all over this place. God bless you. God bless you, brother. God bless you, brother. God bless you, brother. I see you. I see you. Anyone else? Just raise your hand. God bless you, brother. 
Hallelujah. Before we pray, is anyone here that needs to surrender life to Jesus Christ? Just raise your hand right where you are. Anyone else? I see your brother. I see your brother. I see you. Amen. There's a prayer. I want to I help you say a prayer. It's not the words that matter, but it's your heart that matters. And we're all going to help you. We're all going to say the prayer with you. So repeat after me, especially if you raise your hand. Say, Lord Jesus. I understand you have a plan for my life. And it's very evident how much you love me. I've heard you call me. I felt a knock on my heart. And I'm opening. I'm surrendering. I'm committing. I pledge my allegiance to you. Take control of my life. Guide me. Show me how you want me to live. And please, give me the power to follow you. I surrender my life. Thank you for your love. I understand. You died on the cross because you love me. And you're coming back because you love me. Until you come, I want to serve you. Thank you for your love. Father, I pray right now for all those who said that prayer for the very first time, all those re-surrendering, recommitting. Lord, I pray that they will see that you love them and you have a plan for them, God, as you've made a way all these times. And today is a special day for them, a day of reconciliation. Today we quietly surrender. We trust you in our lives. I pray that you would hide your word into their hearts, oh God. Reveal the mysteries of your gospel to them. Change the prescription on their eyeglasses, so to speak, God, the way they see life. Let them see it from a kingdom perspective from now on. Guide them and lead them. Help them to come to church. Help them to read the Bible. Help them to pray, God. Give them the strength to persevere in this relationship with you. And we'll give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name.